1: Welcome to The Family Brain with your host, Megan Gibson. The well-being of one person in a family affects the whole family system. This is a supportive community to share research, resources, stories, tips, and life hacks to keep the family brain healthy. Hi, and thanks
2: for listening to The Family Brain. I'm your host, Megan Gibson, and today we kick off our series on coping with COVID-19. And I would have never expected to be talking about this because who could have predicted that this is where we are. But I want to first give a shout out to our sponsor for this series. The sponsor for the series is Otherworld Computing, and you can find everything about them at OWC.com. What I love about OWC is that they have lots of solutions for problems you might have with your technology. So if you have a Macintosh computer, this is where you want to go if you're thinking, this computer is not working the way it once did, or it needs new memory, or it needs accessories, check out their site. What I love is it's very user-friendly, and they really help you step-by-step. I don't know a lot about computers, and I want new memory space for my Macintosh. The first question is, what kind of Macintosh do you have? What is your computer? I have no clue. And so they take you through step-by-step what your computer is and what you can do to help. I love that they're helping us use the technology we already have so we don't have to go out and buy something new. Maybe we just need to fix what we have already. So check out OWC, and thank you so much for sponsoring this series of Coping with COVID-19. So today I'll be talking with Mary Dell Harrington. Mary Dell Harrington is the co-author of a book, Grown and Flown, and also the book actually came out of her community, Grown and Flown which focuses on parenting and family life with older children, young adults, college age, just out of the house type aged. And what we talk about is how this age group is dealing and the the parents within this age group are dealing with COVID-19 and sort of all the feelings around the lost milestones or the different milestones that we've invented during this COVID-19 crisis, it's interesting because I don't have older children of this age. And so I, I went through the process of realizing that there's a real loss for the parents as well. It's not just the kids. It's the parents as well, because this is milestones that these parents have with their own children. And I think that was a mental shift for me. I think it's so easy, especially when there's a difficult situation, to sort of, wrap yourself in your own family life and i i'm just appreciating hearing different voices of of other people's experiences um that might not be the same as mine it helps me have a little more compassion for what some people might be going through even if it's not been my own experience so i hope you enjoy my conversation with Mary Dell harrington and thanks for listening to the podcast Hi, Marydell. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It's good to see you. Good to see you, and too. Good to talk to you. Yeah. Um, so we had you on the Family Brain Podcast before, and we were. this was like pre-COVID-19, almost like a whole different world, different landscape. And it wasn't even that long ago, really. I think it was a couple months, maybe. Um, uh, probably in the f- fall. I'm guessing the fall. The fall. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, when we were talking about your book that's come out recently, Grown and Flown, and I know you're doing a lot of publicity for that, but it's it's like this whole news landscape, even some of the recordings I've done prior to this COVID-19 shutdown, lockdown, I have to record introductions just to remind people, like, we were talking in a different time. But anyway, oh, wow. so this is this time now. Yeah, um, it is. Yes, and I just wanted to hear a little bit about what's been going on with you who's who's there with you in your shelter
1: in place scenario, and how is that going? Well, we uh typically Lisa Heffernan, my partner and business business partner and co-author of our book, are typically in the New York metro area, and as everyone knows, that's just the biggest hot spot in the country. and so our family. Moved, decided to move um, out of the area temporarily. So we are currently in, in coastal Georgia uh, in a beautiful community that's much more rural than uh, you know Westchester County, which was also one of the early epicenters. The town next to ours is New Rochelle and that was one of the first hotspots in addition to the city. So we um, are with our daughter and son and nephew, all of whom are in their 20s. Um, and our dog Gus, who is nine and he is loving it. He is the center of attention and it's really nice to have a comedic, um, member of the family Yes, because he definitely makes us laugh and he loves all the walks as every other dog in the world seems to be attesting to that everybody's getting, all the dogs are getting plenty of walks.
2: Yes. The dogs Um, are loving this.
1: Right. But what, what, uh, the, the time when we decided to leave was when our daughter who works for an ad agency in Manhattan was told she could work from home. And that was, um, I think, March twelfth. So by the 14th, we were on the road and um, spent the night once along the way. And I remember distinctly, we were in uh, Charlottesville, Virginia. And I remember thinking, this is the last restaurant dinner we're going to have in a very long time, which has proven to be the case. Yes. So we are all here. Um, Our nephew is in college finishing up his school. Our son is in grad school, finishing up school. And our daughter is working incredibly long hours. So we, we barely see her during the day, but we all come together for dinner. So I'm cooking for five people for dinner, um, basically six nights a week. Not that I don't have plenty of help, um, but it's uh, it's definitely a shock to be back in that kind of a cooking mode again.
2: yes, and prior to all of this, I'm, I'm guessing you guys weren't all living together.
1: No, we weren't. So this is a big My, my husband and I, the kids were all doing their own thing, and our nephew was you know in college. so yes, this has been quite a big change yes and and certainly, as you know other people have said, one of the silver linings of this terrible situation is that we are spending time with our son and daughter in a way that we haven't in many years. And we would likely not be spending that time ever again, you know, Mm -hmm. really having these long conversations and this ability to have this shared experience together. That's great. It's funny because I almost feel I, I feel that way
2: and then I also feel like sometimes am I not doing enough and I'm, I'm guessing that's typical like the going back and forth because sometimes I'm just like I just want to be left alone but then we also do have this opportunity for some deeper connection that we didn't really have it's before true. all of this. It's um, true. So I try to shake that guilt off but it's <laughs> tricky. It's just kind of an interesting you know it's like you kind of have to constantly remind yourself like no one's been in this pandemic situation before there's no right way to do it and we're all doing the best we can.
1: We are all doing the best we can. If we can keep ourselves healthy and our families healthy, that is really the only thing we have to do right now. Mm -hmm. And if our kids can keep um, some instruction going on their own and learn a little bit and get some physical activity and, you know, every, every parent is, I think, trying to just relax a little bit and Mm -hmm. not try and live the same lives, family lives that they were prior to this. Um, You know, they're letting their kids sleep later. They're letting them have more screen time and it's absolutely fine.
2: Yeah. And one of the things that I have to keep reminding myself also, and I wonder, well, and maybe it's different for older children or maybe it's not, but um, just that our metrics kind of have to change of how we measure success or how, and, and, and maybe they needed to change it anyway, outside of all of this, but just kind of going back to the basics and sort of like the hierarchy of needs, like the very basic shelter, food.
1: I think you're absolutely right. We have all as a society sort of added layer and layer and layer of things to do in our lives. And it became a very stressful life. Um, very stressful on our kids as well. Um, kid, we are we are seeing that more and more parents were saying that their kids seem, well, they're desperately missing their friends because um, adolescence is all about friendship, and this is that's been one of the brutal things about um, social distancing is how hard it is on, on adolescents in particular. But the kids are loving sleeping later and having less stress in their lives. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a real wake up call for parents and educators that maybe we need to sort of rethink what, uh, what a healthy life looks like for kids. And should we be layering in the soccer practices on top, on top of play practices on top of, you know, college admissions, prep work. And it's just, it just became kind of, I think we were at a tipping point that we may not have realized.
2: Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a quote going around, um, it was Sonia Renee Taylor who, and she was talking about like people talking about going back to normal, and that maybe that shouldn't be the goal. Like maybe sh- her line was, "We need to stitch a new cloth." Like let's yeah. take all this information coming in and, and do something new with it. Right. And I think that's probably going to be part of the challenge. But in in what you're seeing in your community, what would you say are some of the um, struggles that that families are going through in having kids come back? that they thought had left the nest like that that they thought were gone or in college or somewhere else not in their space
1: well i think there are many ways to answer that question certainly the financial situation that many families are facing and that many teens and young adults are facing is severe Um, there were kids who had planned on having high school kids who had planned on having summer jobs or college kids and that was a big part of the financial equation of what, what made college affordable for the families, So what kids were able to do to buy books or fees or transportation or some of their social life obligations. Without that financial support, there's real financial difficulty. And so that's a, that's a huge thing that's happening with, obviously, you know large percentage of the, of the population right now. I think the summer plans and the career plans that kids had had have been really upended. Um, Mm -hmm. We know we've heard of many internships that have been rescinded and and many job offers that just have gone away because the companies aren't operating. So they can't, there is no there there for students to come and learn and be interns. Um, In fact, we have a Facebook Live tonight on our site. Um, I don't know when this will be. Then when was this, this will be dropped? But this Facebook Live um, will be recorded on May fifth today, which is when I'm talking to you, Megan. And it will always be on our site. But it is with Jeff Salingo, um, somebody with Handshake, who is a um, career services platform that colleges use, and someone from Wake Forest and their career services talking to kids about what they can do to keep their um, career successes going. Mm-hmm. Um, but back to the other question of just the transition. Parents had kind of gotten used to the emptiness, and now all of a sudden, their college kids and twenty-somethings are back living with them again, and have, people have had to sort of sort that out. I think probably by now, uh, early May, most of that sorting out has happened. People have retrofitted their bedrooms or their dens or their kitchen tables so that they so people have spaces to go and do work. People have learned how to share space, whether it's the internet bandwidth. Uh, the Mm -hmm. dishwasher, the laundry room. I think there had to be structural things, changes made in households so that you wouldn't, you know, become bad roommates and sort of, you know, banging heads about uh, things that were more easily remedied. But I think there's also this sort of ability to connect with your um, college kids and young adults in a way that, that you, you haven't as a family. And that has been really the, um, a kind of a dream come true in a way mm-hmm. for many of us who who have missed our, that closeness and miss that family structure. So that's the, that's the been the real silver lining of it all and seeing our siblings um, kind of strike up relationships again. In many cases, they haven't been together since they were children. Our kids are five years apart. So when our son left for college, our daughter was really young, but now they're living together again for the first time in mm-hmm gosh, probably since Walker left for college. And they are, of course, loving the fact that they have each other and they can commiserate about their parents together. Mm-hmm. Um, every Friday morning, they go out and do, they all, they both work out every single day. It's they're like very fit. Um, but on Fridays, they do something together. And that's, again, become part of the structure of how we live our lives or how they're living their lives. And it's It's I love seeing that. I love the fact that they've they have this that they've created together.
2: Right. Well, that's why I love your perspective because I think it's difficult sometimes. I I I tend to think of myself as somebody who's good at putting myself in other people's shoes, but it's really hard to imagine what it's like when your kids have left for a chunk of time because at this point for me they're they're always here. You know, like if I try to go anywhere, it's like, where are you going? What are you doing? When are you going to be back? You know, can I come in the bathroom? No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I I appreciate that perspective of how there is a gift and I'm finding that too, but it's different. Um, And I, I like how you sort of are good at acknowledging what's going on for the kids too, because I think it's also hard for me to put myself in the shoes of that young adult who is re- is kind of transitioning into needing to be on their own. And they have their professional goals. And I think it's easy to forget how hard that time is. I mean, when I really think about it, I remember. But I think yeah. it's, I don't really think about it that often because I'm just not in that space right now. And I don't have kids in that space. It and, is um, really
1: t- very hard, very mm-hmm. challenging, I think, for kids who have begun to, you know, I mean, our son's in his late 20s. So he's well into so having his own life in his world so to have to come back and be part of a family unit is is really hard
2: mhm yeah i know my daughter was in, she's in second grade she was how come adults get to do all the good stuff and and but you're you're all adults here and so it's it's really it's how how are you making those decisions and i think you're right you sort of have to get into some sort of a a zone it's not just cuz i said so anymore or maybe it I is know. in some cases cuz it's your house but
1: <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, no, that boat sailed for yeah. many of us, and I think also we have seen. Uh, again, I'm speaking for the greater like grown and flown community here. Um, whether your listeners are aware or not, we have uh, grown and flown parents Facebook group, which now um, has more than a we're, we're almost 160,000 members, and it's an incredibly engaged, very active Facebook group. That Lisa and I we don't start the post at all. There three or 400 that go up every day by our members. And so it allows us this great perspective on what is happening in the, you know, in the world mm-hmm. of parents with, with teens. And we see that in many cases, you know, the kids are really stepping up and they're doing more because their parents are treating them as equal partners in this, in this dilemma mm-hmm. that we're all in they're, they're looking to their teens to come up with best practices of how we get through this. And, right. the, and the kids are actually coming up with some really fantastic ideas, making big contributions, not to say that they aren't making messes in the kitchen at three in the morning when they decided that that's the optimal time to bake brownies. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that as is, as is the case with our kids, if we treat them as the responsible people that they are, they tend to respond as responsible people. If, right. you, if you try and boss them around, uh, definitely does not work well with, with college kids who have been out on their own.
2: Yeah. Well, and I think that sort of going back to what you said before about just having the time with them, I've noticed a building of that relationship where there is more like they know me better too, you know, so they understand the things I'm going through. So it's not just all about them. And I think. In the past, it was like we were just all rushing around, getting to school, getting to the practices, going here, going there, and um, I think it's given us a little bit more of respect for each other and what what each person is working on because we've had the time to notice it.
1: Yeah, that's really interesting. I think I think you're right. I think we were all just so busy, mm-hmm. and now you know you're obviously quite busy doing the podcast and all the other reading and work that you do and. Um, but your children are seeing that they're, they're observing how in, you know, how it's a priority for you and it's your, mm-hmm. it's your work and it's something you care a great deal about. And they're probably, uh, have more insight or instinct into what that means to you.
2: Yeah, no, it's been, it's been good in that way for sure. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you about is some of the new traditions that people are doing, like some of these sort of missed milestones or missed traditions, and sort of people taking it on in a new way. What are some of the things you're noticing about how sort of people are making this it's, lemonade out of lemons?
1: Yeah, no, it has been really interesting. And we were um, guests on the Tamron Halls show last week talking about this very topic. And um, it was, it was fascinating to see the other guests that she had on the show. Of course we were all doing this via zoom. So it was not a, we weren't in the green room with people. We were in the virtual green room with them, mm-hmm. but the, our community um, parents love this topic um, because they are. It, it makes us all feel better to know that we know how crushing it is to these um, seniors, class of 2020, to not have a prom, to not have a graduation, to have these big question marks about what college is going to look like in the fall. These are all very significant things. They were not. Many of them were not. Had not made their college decisions yet. So they weren't able to go back and take a look at a campus or go and visit a campus for the first Mm -hmm. time. So many of these things that were absolutely traditional things are not happening. But what people are, have been able to do are create virtual proms and sometimes get the siblings involved. The parents will decorate the house. Mm -hmm. Um, Even, even milestone birthdays. Uh, There's a, uh, something that became very, I think, widely seen on, on social media of a family where the dad pretended to be the bouncer, the mother was oh, behind the bar, that. That's and <laughs> um, the daughter, of course, was documenting everything and made a TikTok out of it. Oh, funny. And that was how he celebrated his first first drink, supposedly, for his 21st birthday. Um, schools are doing incredibly innovative things for graduation. Apparently, drive-in movie theaters are seeing this resurgence of popularity because, That is a venue where parents can go, hundreds and hundreds of parents can go in their own cars with their grads and um, schools are videotaping seniors in advance or doing a videotape graduation or creating Mm. some um, virtual and social distancing safe opportunity for kids to actually walk across the stage, whether it's being videotaped or in real life. But everybody is there together just in their own cars, mm-hmm. six feet apart from each that other. That makes me kind of cry. I don't know. A lot of things make me cry these days, though. So. I know. I know. I know. Me too. Uh, um, the, so, it, so the milestones are being, um, people are being very creative and innovative. And it's, it's certainly the schools and the administrators and the parents are doing things. But the kids are actually coming up with so many amazing ideas. This generation of kids was born at the dawn of Facebook, you know, they've lived their entire lives on social media. So now all of these great skills and, and, and instinctive and intuitive understanding of social media, they can, they are exploiting it to its full potential, mm-hmm. whether it's creating whole yearbooks on Instagram or doing TikTok videos where they're pretending to be with their friends, but they just, you know, split the screen From um, kid to kid, and do it edit them all together. It's really inspirational.
2: It is, and that's one thing that I mean. I have been on my kids' cases in some respects for being on technology in the past, but now I'm like, we've been in training this whole time. Let's do this. Like, they, I mean, it has, it does have value in ways like play, even playing video games for my kids younger, but um, just connecting with people in a different way that that fills them. Like they don't feel like they're missing anything because it's something that another way to connect that they're very used to. And they're sort of wired for it at this point.
1: Yeah. It's been kind of a revelation. I think to parents how um, significant uh, uh, void social uh, video games can fill for some Mm teens, especially if they're playing with their friends, you know, it's very satisfying socially. And that's a good thing. We, we, we want to find those and encourage those opportunities for kids to have that social connection because they can't do it physically right now.
2: Yeah. Well, and the thing I was thinking about with these traditions and markers like graduation is I think there's almost something in your brain, like your brain needs that completion, you know, like something happened and it sort of is, is, gives closure to that time frame. And there was a period of time where I was kind of, um, I was talking to a friend who has older children and she was kind of say, I, I was like, well, I mean, are the kids really going to miss this that much? You know, maybe not 20 years from now and they'll look back and, but I think it's hard too for the parents. I don't mean to sound insensitive because I'm, I'm trying to figure this out myself too, because I know it's hard for them. But then I also wonder if it's a combination of the kids and the parents together where the parents have been waiting for this too, for their high school child. So it's not just about sure. missing prom. It's about the whole family getting to experience this milestone together, which I think is just a loss.
1: Yeah. Um, And I I think graduation, I think that walk across the stage uh, at high school is just, it's kind of a memorable moment mm -hmm. and it's memorable for the parents. So yes, I I agree with what you're saying. I think one reason why we're seeing um, our content that has to do with these solutions be, among our most engaged content is because it makes people feel better to know mm-hmm. that there are alternatives. It's not just that kids are going to miss these things, but that there actually are innovative ways that it's not going to be the same, right. but it can be still a ceremony. It can still be a recognition. And right. that, those are the important things. The ceremony, the type of ceremony has to change. But if there's something that recognizes these kids for what they've accomplished, um, after 12 years of school you know right. they, they deserve to be celebrated and of course in all schools I think the seniors are like they are the top of the heap you know and yes. there are all kinds of traditions at different schools whether it's a skip day or you know a senior day uh, trip to Disney or what, whatever it is at those schools kids have been looking forward to those things since they first got to high school and mm-hmm. so it's crushing that they're not getting to be the ones to experience them
2: right and I think that that's part of it, right? It's just the grief that goes along with that loss. And if right. there's something else, it's it's almost like a way to cope with that grief is to do right. something else. And it doesn't mean the grief is going to go away or that you won't right. feel the loss. Right. Um, oh, I wanted to ask you about what you're noticing too in the community with, so it's sort of what the, the sandwich generation, right? Where you're also part of a community that is taking care of older parents. What have you seen in in people's response to this? Because not only are you having your children come back and that responsibility, but also maybe older parents that you're worrying about or taking care of.
1: That has been one of the hardest things, I think, um, especially if you're talking about parents who are very elderly and really at risk. You can't mix three generations easily right now. So if we've got our college kids or young adults with us, in many cases, we cannot have our older parents be part of the fray, you know, be, we can't get together with them. We can't really see them. Um, and that is, that is painful. You know, we see that you have to kind of make a, make a decision about who you're going to be having your family pod. And, um, because the elderly are so susceptible to getting this virus that, um, in many cases, they just can't be part of our family units right now. If we've got our, our kids with us, the, um, and we've also heard plenty of stories about a lot of the older parents not taking this very seriously and, and not thinking that they're going to get sick and it driving us crazy because we really need to impress upon them how important it is and how they really need to stay indoors and not take these big risks. Yeah. I think um, you know, there's been a learning curve of, uh, for everyone. And there'll be another learning curve now as states begin to relax uh, restrictions so um, we're not finished learning. I don't no. really know where we are in the learning curve, but it has, it has, the first month, I think people were getting used to the fact of how serious this was and everybody was kind of getting into their family pod units. Um, now, I don't know what other lessons are ahead of us, but um, right. there will definitely be many.
2: Yeah, and what I'm noticing too is it's gonna be tricky, I think, when it's not as clear on the state level or local level what the rules are. And people start to make their own decisions and how that affects friendships and who you can hang out with. And right. I, I I noticed for myself at the beginning of all of this, I was very um, wound up about it and, and everything that was happening. I was like, well, you shouldn't be doing this and you should be. And I'm trying to be more compassionate and just like people in the most cases are doing the best that they know how to do or the best with the information they have in their circumstances, but it's tricky. It's tricky, all this decision-making that you've never had to make before.
1: Well, the stakes are so high. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just, I don't really want my kids staying up. uh, I don't want my kids' curfew to be midnight, and all of my, all of his friends' parents are saying midnight is okay, but I feel like 11 is all right. I mean, the stakes are not just that. It's if people are saying that their kids are saying that, you know, they're the only ones who are not getting to congregate and hang out at the park together. Well, now the stakes are, can you really take that risk if you've got someone at home who's older or immune compromised or has, you know, some breathing issues. So it's, these are really hard decisions and really, really important decisions. So, um, and it's, it's, you, you, it would be easier if everybody felt the same way and was using the same methodology in how they were living their lives. But it's as we open back up again, it, I think it does seem to be left to the individual family to make these decisions. And and not every parent is going to be on the same page as their friends, um, other families.
2: Right. And that's one of the tricky parts is with social media, you can see what decision everybody else is making. You, can. you know, It's very public. <laughs> every moment you can see.
1: Yeah, it is and very so, public.
2: Yes. And I've noticed my kids will start to get okay and then they'll see something and they'll be like, well, how come this person? I'm like, well, because everybody's, you know, doing what they know to do best right now. Right. Exactly. Well, I'm curious about you and if you found if there's any one sort of like touchstone practice that you've been implementing to sort of keep your own mental health in
1: check. Well, I I find that we are um, by necessity, very food oriented because You know, I have these five adults, they eat 15 meals a day. I do not cook breakfast or lunch, but at dinner. And going to the grocery store is such a complicated thing. Uh, You know, we don't really like to go very often. But my husband and I take a walk every morning with our dog. And that is sort of the centering um, moment for me every morning, because we have had beautiful weather here. It's a great opportunity to get some exercise. It's for the two of us to have a little bit of time together, before we go off and do our own things for the day. And um we talk a lot about food, you know, what we're gonna do for the next few days and if we need to go to the store. But then we talk about a lot of other things too. So I I think that if that's that's the way that I'm starting my day. And I've never felt more grateful to be in a relationship and have a good marriage and have a partner to help me with this. Um these are not easy times. Mm-hmm. And having, you know, I feel really lucky that I have a strong marriage that, um, and a, somebody who I, who I depend on emotionally, um, and who is so supportive of what I'm doing with Quote and Flown and what where are we are with our family. So, um, that's really the thing that I'm doing. Uh, I look to him and I look to those morning walks together as a way to start the day and get my head on.
2: Yes. I love that. That's awesome.
1: Well, thank you so much. Is there anything else that you thought you wanted to share that I didn't yeah, I think we we covered a lot of the big topics that we're seeing yeah. at Grown and Flown and um, certainly invite any of your listeners who have kids who are, you know, one thing, Megan, I should I guess I should fill you in on this one small, one thing that's not so small is Lisa and I had our book come out in September and we, all, we were all over the country in the fall talking to groups and we were a bit surprised how many parents we met who have kids in middle school. We knew that we had plenty of parents who had kids in, you know, multiple schools, but we thought it was mainly high school and college. So we really encourage your um, listeners who may, have, who may think that Grown and Flown is just for older kids, for families with older kids, but if they have kids in middle school, we really encourage them to join our Facebook community, you know, take a look at the book, um, sign up for our newsletter, because more and more we're trying to write for that, for that parent.
2: Well I personally love it. My oldest is 12 and it just helps me kind of mentally prepare myself for what's coming down the pike. I am not one for surprises. I kind of and granted all of life is a surprise in some ways, but <laughs> the enough. more you yeah, but the more you can kind of prepare for trends or something to anticipate or this is what happened to me. I love hearing the stories of and it also kind of is a good reminder of the pluses and minuses of the life stage I'm in with my kids. Like oh I might miss that later you know it kind of helps right. me come back to appreciating some of the things that I have going now so that's good
1: to hear that's good to hear well anyway that that's something that I'm I'm glad we have this chance to talk today because it's it was it was very clear to us that mm-hmm. we've always had this middle school parent in our community but we want to sort of encourage more to to join us because mm. um, we we are very happy that they're there.
2: Awesome. Well, I
1: will make sure I start to
2: get more vocal. I think I've just been a lurker, like just yes. kind of watching, you know, just <laughs> getting the information, but maybe ask more questions. Feel free. Thank you so much. I appreciate you sharing your time and enjoy your time with your family. I guess Thank we'll you. we'll just wait and see what happens next. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Mary Dell. Okay. Thanks, Megan. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Family Brain. You can check us out on Instagram, Family Brain Podcast, or FamilyBrainPodcast.com. We also have a Facebook group. If you'd like to join, just look it up and I'll add you to the group. So I have a lot of great guests coming up, uh, different therapists, some other people who have been on the podcast before, and I think everyone has just a really timely insight to what people are going through right now with COVID-19 and managing mental health and family life around these unusual, unprecedented circumstances. So I hope you keep listening. I have learned so much from the people I've spoken with, and I hope it brings you some comfort to know that some of the things you're going through, you're not the only one. This is a hard time for a lot of people. And if we sort of remember that at least for me, that helps me feel better. So I hope hearing from other voices helps sort of lift you up during this difficult time. And thanks so much for listening.